Would you pray with me? Father, our aim every Sunday morning, nearly every Sunday morning, every Sunday morning is to preach the gospel and to do that by expounding the Bible to the people you've given us to love. Um, Lord, this Sunday is, is a different Sunday and it's, um, it's, it's an extraordinary challenge and yet a great, great joy to do it, to look back over this past year and uh, with faith, the eyes of faith, look forward to the year 2019 and consider your work among us. And so, Lord, while we won't uh, camp in one particular passage of the Bible, rather we will look at goals that are richly rooted in Scripture. Really, uh, they all tumble out of the passage that Kenny just read for us. Would you come and do something um, wonderfully fruitful among us as we think about our 2020 vision once more. Um, Lord, this is a a great privilege that I want to steward carefully. Keep me from error. Uh, Keep us as a congregation faithful to this vision insofar as it is faithful to the mission you've given us to be and make disciples of Jesus. And we ask this in his great name. Amen. Well, the 2020 vision of Mount Evangelical Free Church, four years in, looking backward, looking forward. Can you believe it? We are four years in to our 2020 vision. That's 48 months, 200 weeks, upwards of 1,400 days we have been living in this vision, and we've been using the vision as an opportunity to chase our mission. The mission of Mount Evangelical Free Church is to be and make disciples of Jesus Christ. That's our mission. And unless or until Jesus changes or somehow alters the Great Commission, our mission that will remain until he returns or we go to be with him. Now, while our mission statement's conclusion isn't until the end of the age, our vision statement, as as all vision statements, uh, have a near-term expiration date. And that date is fast approaching. Uh, This time next year, our 2020 vision will be a historical fact. That is a really stunning thing for me to think about. Now, we've said from the very beginning of this thing that the actual numbers of the 2020 vision are the least important part to your leadership at all. Um, It's not about the perfection of the 2020 vision that's important to us as it is the direction of the 2020 vision. The central reason why we have a a vision statement in the first place is that it helps us to sharpen the focus of our broader mission to be and make disciples of Jesus. And let's be honest, it gives us something to aim at. I mean, if we aim at nothing as a congregation, we will undoubtedly hit it, right? So let's not set the bar of our expectations so low that we don't even trip over it. Um, We don't know for certain if we have these numbers exactly right, right? I have no idea, actually, if we have these numbers right. Some of them may be too high. Some of them may prove to be too low by this time next year. Some of these goals may prove in the final analysis to have been too modest. So the mission of Mount Evangelical Free Church is to be and make disciples of Jesus Christ. And therefore, our 2020 vision is to glorify God as a gospel-centered church family who celebrates and demonstrates and communicates the good news of Jesus Christ among all people. Now, that little paragraph there is the 
preamble to our vision, and that preamble won't change. That was written some 10 years ago, and we love it, and it is the springboard for our our five-year plan. So based on that preamble, here is where we are or have been heading the last four years. These are our goals. The way that we want to walk out our vision is by baptizing 50 new believers, welcoming 40 covenant members, raising up 30 reproducing leaders, launching 10 community groups, establishing the Harbor Center for Biblical Counseling with five certified counselors, commissioning two households for global missions, and planting one church. And in case you're feverishly filling in the blanks and you don't have these memorized, not to worry, we'll look at each one of these individually, uh, briefly, And then we'll add uh, an extended word of application at the end. So let's get started. Let's check in briefly with each of our seven goals for our 2020 vision. Just see where things stand. Other than offering uh, the scripture passages you see written on your outline, we are not offering a full-blown defense of each of the goals in our 2020 vision this morning. I've done that in other contexts over the past years, and I'm happy to do that in the days ahead if that may serve you at another time. I just take for granted that each one of these seven goals is biblically faithful and practically wise for our congregation. So that said, here's the first goal, baptizing 50 new believers, baptizing 50 new believers. In his description of the first century church in Jerusalem, Luke proclaims in Acts 2.47 that the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Similarly, Paul says in Romans 10.1, the Apostle Paul says of his countrymen, he cries out about his unconverted countrymen, brothers, my heart's desire and prayer to God for them is that they may be saved. In other words, if we would reflect anything approaching an echo of the New Testament apostolic passion, We will be a church absolutely dyed-in-the-wool committed to celebrating and demonstrating and communicating the gospel of Jesus Christ in the lives of those who have yet to come to know him. So how are we doing? Well, over the last four and a half years, we've seen a baker's dozen, that's 13 people, come and go public with their faith in Jesus Christ through the waters of baptism. Now, of those 13, a number of them were folks who were already believers, but they had become convinced of the biblical teaching concerning baptism by immersion, and so they were baptized along with uh, the rest of these individuals. So when we consider the goal in its purest form, and I'd like to do that, it's more accurate to say that we've seen something like eight new believers baptized in the last four years, which is nothing to minimize. It is something glorious to celebrate because each one of these people are immortal souls. Concherelle Mertz and Andrew Colstock and Joshi Engeser, Greg Galler, Tristan Cunningham, Grace Cunningham, Laura Von Hagen, and Aaron Morrison are all examples of new birth that God has wrought in the lives of people through the witness of people who are members of this local church. And we praise God for this miracle of regeneration. At the same time, I hope I could get an honest chorus of amens when I say that as it relates to conversion growth, our church can and should be stronger, much stronger. 
We have strengths in the 2020 vision, but baptizing new believers is not one of them. So I beg you, I entreat you, I implore you, if you are a member of this church and you love the Lord, you treasure his gospel, if you have the gospel right, I only have one question for you. Are you getting the gospel out? Are you? Our current picture directory lists over 40 believing households that consider Mount Free Church their home. Thank you, Sue Strabicki, by the way, for that picture directory. Over the next 12 months' time, I do not think now, nor have I ever thought it an impossible goal for each one of our households to reach one. The goal of baptizing 50 new believers is not absurd, even by this time next year. It's not beyond our reach, but it would take each one of our households reaching one person by God's grace, leading them to saving faith in Christ and then to the waters of baptism over the course of this year. We're not giving up on this. So the first goal of the 2020 vision, far and away the most catalytic goal of the 2020 vision, is to see 50 newly baptized believers. Second goal is welcoming 40 covenant members. Welcoming 40 covenant members. Uh, Since January of 2015, through God's mighty work, we have seen 27 men and women become covenant members of this fellowship since 2015. In that space of time, we've welcomed the Baileys, Peggy Benz, Cunninghams, Angusers, Geises, Kenny Graves, Krugers, Lunds, Jeanette Madsen, Pickings, Lorraine Schenecker, Sturbickies, Sherry Terrace, and the Von Hagens, all into the covenant membership of this church. That takes my breath away when I think about how, how different our church looks today than it did four years ago. Um, We have seen 27 individuals be drawn into this fellowship and link arms with one another in an oath-bound commitment in love. That's what a covenant is. It's a promise. It's an oath-bound commitment in love that we will step on the scale and become accountable for our Christian lives as well as seek to hold others accountable in their Christian lives in a local church. And this church has been stronger and healthier and more on mission than perhaps it's ever been because of it. And so much of it has to do with the covenant that was created and then rallied around over these last four years. And we are profoundly grateful to the Lord for it. Uh, Moving ahead into 2019, in order to meet our goal, we'd need to see 13 more people become covenant members during that time. And that's not an impossible goal either to reach. 13 people. We saw that many people almost covenant with us in, 27, in 2017 alone. So I'm optimistic about this one and hopeful that indeed this goal could be met by this time next year, welcoming 40 covenant members. Third goal, raising up 30 reproducing leaders. 30 reproducing leaders. In 2 Timothy 2, 1 and 2, the apostle Paul says to his apostolic associate Timothy, you then, my child, Be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus and what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses. Entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. In that passage, Paul envisions the deposit of the gospel like a baton that's handed from him and then to Timothy and then to faithful men who will in turn mentor others. A reproducing leader is a person who can take another person under their wing for, say, a period of 36 months or so, 
And over that period of time, you give them everything you have. We say 36 months because that's what Jesus had with his 12. He didn't have any longer than three years with them. And over that period of time, you give them everything you have, everything you know about Jesus, everything you're becoming through Jesus, and everything you can do to help them to grow in their likeness to Jesus. You say, it sounds like a whole lot of Jesus. And the answer is, yes, Jesus is all that we have to offer another person. He's all that we need to offer another person. A reproducing leader is a person who, by God's grace, is able to translate and transfer Christ-like convictions and Christ-like character and Christ-like ministry competencies to another person who in turn does that for another person, who does that for another person. So 30 reproducing leaders. We would envision 15 men, 15 women. Mentors who've been mentored, who mentor others, who mentor others. You get the idea. Now, our current count has our number of reproducing leaders at 10. Now, your pastors are convinced that that number is too low. And not because we don't have that many reproducing leaders in our church, but rather that the number on the back of your bulletin is not representative of the amount of discipling and mentoring that's actually going on in this local church. So Aaron and I have worked back through our membership list over this last year, and he and I are convinced that this number is far closer to 30 than it is to 10. My baseline, my baseline for that is as I look at young families. Uh, if, you're a, if you're a parent seeking to introduce your children in a meaningful way to Jesus, uh, you gather for family worship, and as imperfectly as it may be, you're trying to live out the vision of Deuteronomy 6, 6 and 7, where Moses says, these words that I command you today shall be on your hearts. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise. If you're a parent and that's you, then you are a reproducing leader. There's no doubt about it. Now notice, reproducing children is not the same thing as reproducing Christians. As John Piper once wonderfully put it, marriage is meant for making children disciples of Jesus. So we participate in the miracle of rebirth in our children like we would any other person that we would seek to lead to faith in Christ. And furthermore, if you don't happen to have any children in your home, perhaps they're grown or perhaps you've never had any, it's my joy to communicate to you that you do not need to be a, a, a parent uh, to a child legally or biologically in order to be a remarkable Christian parent. Paul is the one who gave us the vision of 2 Timothy 2. 2. He called Timothy his child, and the man had no children. And yet, if you catch my drift, he had children everywhere. So in many ways, it's my firm belief, uh, both of your pastors and your elders, we just simply need to work back through our membership list once more and make sure that that number on the back of the bulletin clearly reflects the discipleship and mentoring that's going on here. It's closer to 30. God is doing this if he has not already done it in our church. Okay, fourth goal, launching 10 community groups. We said it before, um, you will search high and low for the smoking gun Bible verse that says, thou shalt joinest thyself unto a community group. Um, that verse is just not in the New Testament, I've checked. And yet, while there may not be a smoking gun Bible verse that commands community groups in the life of this church, uh, it's, it's not quite that simple. Because in one sense, that's exactly what the early church was. It was a collection of community groups. 
Most churches simply were community groups, meeting in homes, doing what we do throughout the week with our community groups. Furthermore, when we think soberly about the unblushing uh, reciprocal commands, and especially in the New Testament, what we discover is that all of these one another's, most of them, are almost impossible um, up, unless we do something apart from Sunday morning gatherings. Apart from community group life, it's not likely that we will confess our sins to one another or show hospitality to one another or um, weep with those who weep. Those things don't happen particularly well from 10 a.m. to noon on a Sunday morning in Fellowship Hall. This typically requires a living room, a small group of people, a pot of coffee, and a whole lot of life on life to even begin to create the conditions where these sorts of one another commands can thrive. You can't microwave this on Sunday mornings. Rather, you, you crockpot this thing day after day, week after week, month after month, season after season, even year after year with a group of people. So we believe in community groups in this church, and the most recent count that our little church has is that we have 11 such groups, four of which have begun in the wake of the 2020 vision. So while we're not quite halfway to our goal of 10, the, the fact of the matter is that the growth of our community groups here has been consistent with the growth of our church, and that's a good thing. As I look around our church, I don't see too many households that aren't connected in some way to a community group. Now, there are a handful of households that are not connected. There are some individuals in those households that are not connected. And you have to know that because we love you, we're coming after you. Okay? It, nobody should stand alone, particularly in a church of our size. So we are lovingly going to be nosy and press our way into your lives until you find your way to a community group. This goal, though, has been an encouragement, I think. And we will, when it's fitting, launch new ones in the year Ahead, So our fourth goal is launching 10 community groups. Fifth goal, establishing the Harbor Center for Biblical Counseling with five certified counselors. Now, I, I could easily spend the rest of this day on this goal alone, but we don't have that kind of time. So allow me just to say that the Lord is up to something very, very special with this goal. Our church currently has over a dozen men and women who have taken in some type of formal counseling training. About a half dozen of them are taking deliberate steps towards certification as biblical counselors through ACBC, the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors. So, so far, we have two certified counselors who happen to be a part of our church staff. That's Kara Kaler and Pastor Aaron Geis. At the end of the winter, come early spring, we hope to add one more to that mix as I plan to cross the finish line in my own certification process. That would bring us to three. And Lord willing, may, we may see even one or two more by the end of this calendar year. In other words, God is at work. Moreover, since the tail end of 2017, we have a small group of people that we have been calling our launch team for the Harbor Center for Biblical Counseling uh, it's been the task of these individuals, led by Matt Cunningham, a team that's been composed over this last couple of years of John Strabicki and Kara Kaler and Pastor Aaron and myself. Um, we've been working on everything other than counseling. So systems, policies, procedures, legal protection, promotion, and more. Um, establishing a counseling center in a church this size is a Herculean task, but by God's grace, we have seen massive progress over the last year especially to the point that I am 
very confident that we'll be ready for a soft launch of the counseling center to serve the life of this local church come this fall, and then a more uh, public launch to the West Tonka community come the beginning of 2020. So what could you do to be a part of that particular vision? I would say, first of all, if you're looking for counseling, let us know, because we're looking for counselees. Second, if you're interested in pursuing counseling training, come and talk to me, talk to Pastor Aaron, as we would be excited to help you take your first step toward that. And finally, if I might make a special request uniquely over this upcoming year, would you please pray for Pastor Aaron and his ministry among us? This dear family that's come to us this past year has already been wonderfully used of the Lord, but in the days ahead, particularly in 2019, Uh, the weight of the point leadership of the counseling center will fall on Aaron's shoulders. Now, he won't be alone. The elders are alongside him. There's a committee that will help to shoulder some of this. But we need a point person, and Aaron is that person. He's thrilled about it. That's why he's here. He's competent to do it. But all the same, this is a significant load. And we want to be praying for him, that God would help him to carry this in the strength that God supplies to the glory that Christ deserves. This ministry is a remarkable one. So pray for him, pray for Jenny, pray for Eleanor, pray for this family. Okay, establishing the Harbor Center for Biblical Counseling with five certified counselors. It's coming, and it'll be here before this year is out. And I I cannot wait. All right, let me take the last two goals together in view of the time, and then we'll get to personal application and your personal connection to this mission. So ever so briefly, goals six and seven are as follows. Commissioning two households for global missions and planting one church. Commissioning two households for global missions and planting one church. Now, we're taking these last two goals together because neither one has happened yet. There's not a lot to say here. And I say yet because I fully expect them to happen. If not this year and this vision, then next year and our next five-year vision. The Lord has used this church to raise up and send out global missionaries before. The Bryces and the Stouts and the Hutchcrafts, they all count Mount Evangelical Free Church as their sending church. Missions is a part of our DNA. I do not doubt that the Lord will raise up more global missionaries in our midst in the days ahead. But global missions uh, coupled with church planting. These two goals deserve mention together because they're so similar in nature. Um, You'll notice that neither goal is about this church's seating capacity so much as they are about this church's sending capacity. And just a reminder, the 2020 vision was first preached to 48 people in January of 2015. Since that time, our Sunday morning attendance has nearly doubled in growth. But I, for one have absolutely no interest in growing Mound Free Church world here. That's that's not what we're about. If by God's mercy we end up filling every last one of these chairs on a Sunday morning, I have no doubt, and you deserve to know, that it is my instinct not to start a second service, but to plant a second church. That's the New Testament pattern. We're not interested in a certain quantity of disciples as we are a certain quality of discipleship. Since 1944, the Lord has used this little fellowship to do many, many things. But one of the things we have never had the opportunity to do is give birth to a baby church. And God helping us in the years ahead, that's exactly what we intend to do. So commissioning two families for global missions and planting one church, goals six and seven. Now, 
The mission of Mount Evangelical Free Church is to be and make disciples of Jesus Christ. Therefore, our 2020 vision is to glorify God as a gospel-centered church family that celebrates and demonstrates and communicates the good news of Jesus Christ by baptizing 50 new believers, welcoming 40 covenant members, raising up 30 reproducing leaders, launching 10 community groups, establishing the Harbor Center for Biblical Counseling with five certified counselors, commissioning two households for global missions and planting one church. Okay, we have one year to go. January 2020 is closer than we might imagine. These last four years have flown by in my estimation, so I think we need to buckle our seatbelts for this final year. It will be a fast-paced 12 months. The application question that remains for each of us is, with one year left in our vision, how can I, I mean personally, not the person sitting next to you, how can I help this church to cross the finish line strong? I mean, don't you want to do that? Don't you want to look back on the 2020 vision and know that you left it all on the court? This vision has made such an irreversibly powerful impact in our, on our church. Don't you want your fingerprints on the 2020 vision in a, in a way that looks like you? I think you do. <laughs> so toward that end, here are three applications for each of us here that will help us to focus as we seek to follow Jesus into the year ahead. First application, pray for and pursue your list of five with abandon. Pray for and pursue your list of five with abandon. The engine of the entire 2020 vision is conversion growth. Men and women, boys and girls, moving from death to life, from darkness to light. And brothers and sisters, as terribly encouraging as all that Christ is accomplishing among us has been these last several years, it's a stone-cold fact that we have yet to see what God might do with this church if it were pulsating with new life and conversion growth everywhere we look. We have yet to see that. And I dream of this church becoming a strategic outpost for the Great Commission in the West Tonka area, and I think it can be. I think it's positioned well to be. But if that's going to happen, then each one of us here needs to ask ourselves about the folks on our list of five and say, if not me, then who? Who's going to pray for and pursue the folks on my list of five if not me? It may well be that you are the only person on planet Earth going after these people. It's very possible. The Lord has seen fit to make you, as the Apostle Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5, an ambassador for Christ, a minister for reconciliation in their lives. So get a vision. Get a vision for the folks up and down your street or up and down your apartment hallway or maybe at your place of work. Imagine them coming to saving faith in Jesus through your witness leading them to the waters of baptism, welcoming them into covenant membership, in time perhaps to our leadership, maybe commissioning them as global missionaries one day. That's where missionaries come from. They come from evangelism, conversion. It all starts with an invitation into your life, into your home, into your community group, or perhaps our counseling ministries, maybe one of our touchpoint seminars that we held this past weekend. Maybe you'd invite someone to a Wednesday evening meal. That would be a simple thing that you could do or to a Sunday morning worship gathering like this. It only takes one of these entry points to get connected. And we've got like seven different entry points that feed into this church. Choose one. What can you do to help us cross the finish line this time next year? Pray for and pursue your list of five with abandon. Secondly, attend our monthly 2020 vision prayer meeting. Attend our monthly 2020 vision prayer meeting. 
Now, you may say, I, I do pray for our 2020 vision. I pray with my family. I pray with my community group or on the committee on which I serve. And, and my answer to that is, that's fantastic. Keep doing it. I wouldn't dissuade you from continuing to pray in those ways. And for those of you who have a standing commitment on the first Wednesday of the month from 6.30 to 7.30, no problem. I'm, I'm not talking to you. I, I realize that not every one of us can be a part of every single meeting in a, in a small church. Some of you are serving and cleaning up the Wednesday evening meal at that time, or you meet with a community group on Wednesday evenings. That's great. I'm, I'm not talking about you. But not all of us fall in this category. In fact, I'm convinced that at least some of us could afford 60 minutes once a month to gather with the church family here in the sanctuary to pray. To pray over our 2020 vision. To look back over the previous month and celebrate all that God's done and to look forward into the month ahead with hope and faith to what God might be pleased to do on the backs of our prayers. I know that the prayer meeting is historically, both in this church and every other church I've had the privilege to be a part of, it's just the smallest attended meeting in the church. It's just kind of the way it works. It's been my experience. And there are reasons for that. Um, some degree, I think it's a little bit like Gideon's army. Uh, the Lord wants to demonstrate to us that he does a lot with a few people praying. I, I believe that. But there are other reasons for that. In fact, many years ago, Re- Leonard Ravenhill explained why. Um, now, his references here show their age, so I've updated his words a bit to reflect our lives in the year 2019. So with some slight editing, here's what Ravenhill once said. The Cinderella of the church today is the prayer meeting. This handmaid of the Lord is unloved and unwooed because she is not dripping with the pearls of Amazon.com, nor is she glamorous with the silks of Netflix, neither is she enchanting with the tiara of social media. She wears the homespuns of sincerity and humility, and so she is not afraid to kneel. That's what we need to do in this church. That's the power. That's the engine that drives a vision like this. So this is a summons. This is a warm invitation, if you're doing nothing otherwise, to join us. Come join us on the first Wednesday evening of the month, 6.30 p.m., as this place transforms for an hour into the boiler room of this church. We'll pray for folks on your list of five by name. How would that be? You could bring your list of five. Talk to us about them. We will intercede for them. And then we'll hand you a copy of our 2020 vision and we'll pray through each of the seven goals. We'll do it together. So attend our monthly 2020 prayer meeting if you can. Lastly, ask the Lord about your next step in our vision. Ask the Lord about your next step in our vision. I know this one is a little bit more nebulous. It's not very concrete. But I think it's important to say it. Because before the 2020 vision, as a church, many of us would never have dreamed that the Lord would do the things that he's done over the last 48 months or so in this church. That so many people would be drawn to our membership covenant or that so many reproducing leaders would be raised up or that we could be used of the Lord to begin a counseling ministry. I just shared the 2020 vision with a handful of pastors down at Main Street at our, uh, at our ministerial meeting, and this breathes new life into other churches. I've shared this vision with a, probably a half a dozen different churches, and it's doing work in their churches. So let's never stop asking the, the next step question. That's, that's corporately, but what about personally? I think each one of us has a step we can take toward these goals, further along or further in. So let's never stop asking the next step question. 
Um, inertia, apathy, paralysis, passivity are very real and they're very dangerous in the Christian life. Our tendency to become self-absorbed and overwhelmed and preoccupied with ourselves is just suicidal to our mission and to our vision in the local church. We are healthiest and we are happiest when we have a plan for our lives and we have goals out ahead of us. As Hebrews 6.12 says, so that you may not be sluggish, but imitators of those who by faith inherit the promises. So ask the Lord routinely, what's my next step in our 2020 vision? If you don't ask yourself that, I guarantee you a pastor or elder will when we do our visits over this next year. Is it time for me to be baptized? Is there someone I might have the privilege to baptize? What's keeping me from applying for covenant membership? If I am a covenant member, how careful am I being to live out the terms of my covenant? How's my attendance in worship gatherings or participation in community group life? Am I finding practical outlets to use the spiritual gifts God has given me? Am I following our leaders? Am I seeking to hold my leaders accountable for their leadership? Do I need to be mentored by another person? Or should I mentor another person in this church? The answer to both those questions is yes. Does the community group that I say I'm a part of know that I'm a part of the community group I say I'm a part of? Have I ever considered that the Lord might be calling me to certified biblical counseling? Or perhaps do I need to reach out to one of our counselors and have them walk beside me during the season of my life? Am I sensing a stirring in my spirit for global missions? Or is there a fresh way that I could be an encouragement to the six missionary families that we already support? Or maybe the Lord has church planting in your future. Perhaps in the years ahead, you'll be a part of the first core team that our church has ever sent out in its 75 years of existence. Easter Sunday, this coming, this coming year, we will be 75 years old and never planted a church. But even you might be discerning that this is what the Lord is beginning to give you a burden for. He's beginning to give you a burden for a particular area in the Twin Cities. In the coming days, he will shake you loose from the soil of this church and send you out with a group of individuals and a point leader. Now, that's not for every last one of us, but for some of us, this is intriguing. This is actually a thrilling prospect. Perhaps that's more than a few of you. So with one year left in our vision, how can you help us cross the finish line strong? Pray for and pursue your list of five with abandon. Attend our monthly 2020 vision prayer meeting. And finally, as a rhythm of life over the course of 2019, just ask the Lord about your next step in our vision, further along or further in. What might God be pleased to do in these final, final 12 months of our vision? I can't wait to find out, and I'm looking forward to walking there with you. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we stand in awe of what you have done in this little church. You know, we say on the front of our 2020 vision booklet, we are a most ordinary church. Uh, that is true. <laughs> we are a very ordinary church. But we serve an extraordinary Christ. Last time I checked, the grave is still empty. Jesus is still ascended, and he is our soon-to-return king. And how I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would give us your spirit without measure over the course of this year. 
Help us to link arms with one another in meaningful fellowship and move ahead in our 2020 vision. How I would want our 2020 vision to become muscle memory for each one of our members in such a way that we know the role that we're taking by your grace and are seeking to move out of into our our comfort zone into other ways that we can serve and be a part of the forward motion of this mission. So thank you for this Vision Sunday. Lord, use this message uh, to kickstart the rest of this year, and we will come to you one year from today and look back over all you've done in 60 months, over five years, over half a decade of your work, this 2020 vision designed to help us be and make disciples of Jesus. In his matchless name we pray. Amen.